Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be discussing Freemasonry's appeal to the younger generation of men, or its lack of appeal. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. Today we have with us Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon. And down south here in Washington, we have Very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth and myself, Very Worshipful Brother Matthew Apple. And we are looking to discuss today why we think, because, you know, we're a bunch of guys who are, at least I'm starting to go gray here, uh, uh, think that Freemasonry does or does not appeal to a new generation of men taking up the, the banner here. So I, I know this is a topic that every Mason has at least three opinions on. So we should be able to fill up a good six hour show here today. Uh, does, a, does anybody have a thought on what the, where we sit with the new men? Okay, I'll give you my opinion. So <laughs> the, uh, I, I, my personal opinion is, we, there's a couple of things. Well, at least one of which is to start they don't even know we exist anymore. There's a, uh, you know, it used to be when whatever 10% of the men in, at least in the U S were Masons that everybody knew a Mason. Everybody said, you know, oh, I'm going to lodge tonight or, you know, we had the lodge picnic this weekend or whatever. And everybody knew what that meant. And nowadays it's like, oh, the Masons. Yeah. I think my great uncle maybe was that. And maybe uh, I don't know anything about it kind of thing. And it's sort of, there's a point where people don't know enough and it's mysterious and exciting. And then there's a point where people don't know anything and we basically don't exist at that point. So right. that, as I've said before I, in the show, the, you know, maybe the Grand Lodge should throw out a, a just a, an ad in the, on a billboard somewhere that just says, you know, happy Thanksgiving from the Freemasons of Washington. Not that it's recruiting or advertising or whatever, just, Hey, we still exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think you're right there, man. I, I think that, a lot of the younger generation has absolutely no idea about Freemasonry. And um, those that do, um, you know, they reach out generally through the internet because they're, you know, eager beavers in learning and seeking knowledge. Um, but uh, in general uh, surroundings around town yeah i don't think that we have that high pri high profile anymore you know like when there was when i came to Kelowna and there was seventy thousand people here the masonic lodge downtown with the the square and compass all lit up on it right you know it it was uh at one point a talk a topic of conversation and now that there's you know doubled in size hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, I don't think it gets talked about much at all. And uh, whether it's a lack of an advertising campaign, whether it's um, not being as prominent in the community, uh, as active in the community, maybe. Um, I know we're not a, a community service organization, um, but if we are looking to uh, appeal to the younger generations for membership, 
I think we do need to do some kind of um, marketing campaign to let them know we still exist. Um, might be a good start, eh? Well, well, I was going to say, actually, I think you guys are right. It's a, it's we're not visible. Part of what I see is that we're also not visible because we don't make ourselves visible. I know a lot of Freemasons who do not like. I mean, we all have our ring that, you know, but like I, I make a point. I've always got a square and compass on. I've got one on my bag. I have a square and compass pin on my jacket. Like I'm, I'm very proud of being a Freemason and I don't mind other people knowing that I'm a Freemason, but I know brothers and younger brothers who make a point of not, yeah, stop showing off, Steve, and not make it, they make a point of not telling people that they're Freemasons partially because every time, like the, the, ex, not the excuse, the reason I'm given is well, when people find out I'm a Freemason, they start going off on the conspiracy theories and they don't want to have, they, they are unwilling to dissuade people of that opinion about Freemasonry. And I think if we want, if we would need to get our, if we want our visibility to be improved, we need to be willing to show that we're Freemasons, even if it's just a matter of wearing the square and compass pin or something when we're out. Yeah. You definitely have to be proud of yeah. who you are. I guess, I guess I would wonder <laughs> their, their motivation if they're not proud or are they, maybe they don't haven't developed their own 32nd pitch, if you will, about masonry. And I, that's something some of our grandmasters have done in the past is to, to recommend that you develop your own 32nd pitch about masonry or, or your, your fact statement or your mission statement about masonry. So when does somebody does come to you and say, Oh, that conspiracy thing, you have some background on how you're going to say it or how, how defend it, I guess, if you will. But I think in my experience, and I don't know what yours is, Jared, when you're, when I'm when wearing square and compass or something to make it visible, it's generally positive interactions. I'm, I'm surprised, you know, we where our motorcycle club. We have, I can't call it motorcycle, our riding club. Uh, we've, we've got a, a vest, we call it our dress vest. It's a rather large, it's probably 10 or 12 inches round uh, square and compass logo on the back. And all the time when I'm wearing that, people come up to me and say, oh, my cousin was, or my uncle was, or I am a member of such and such lodge and I haven't been going and I, you know, whatever there, it strikes up conversation, right. but it gives me opportunity to talk to them and to encourage them to go back to their lodge or have you ever thought about masonry or, Oh, great. You know, your, your cousin, you know, just to, it's a conversation piece. And I think we should be proud of the fact of who we are. And, it, and again, if you're not, maybe that's an opportunity to think inside and, and, you know, why, why did you want to become a Mason? You really want to be a secret Mason, I guess. I don't know. Right. And that goes, we've had conversations about this before on the show too, that the whole idea of secret Masonry frustrates me <laughs> and that fathers and sons and cousins and uncles haven't been able to experience what Masonry has to offer. In our last show, we talked about being able to come to a safe space and have conversations. And so Boy, for for a son and a father to to have, you know, for maybe a, a son to not become a Mason until he's in his late years, 30, 40, 50 years old, whatever, and to have missed 20, 30, 40 years of 
relationship with his father or uncle or grandfather or whatever, right. because the old idea of, well, you have to ask, you can't, you know, you can't prompt or, or the old stories of, well, how did you join? Well, you know, we can't ask. And so my mom had to ask me, when are you going to get a petition or my grandma or whatever, you know, the whole idea. And oh. so it's just so frustrating that we don't do more of the, and there's the people say, well, you can, you can kind of ask, or you can kind of prop. Well, if you see a good guy, you know, a good guy, wouldn't you want to be in a, help him come into this opportunity to experience what we have to offer. Again, I, I feel if you're not passionate about it, if you're not excited about what we're doing, then why are we doing this? Right. Or you just do what my dad did on my 21st birthday and slap <laughs> the, the uh, petition down in front of me and go, there you go. Sure. I mean, yeah. there's a few years ago, we've had him on the show several times, most of Jim Mendoza in his theme. Part of it was reclaiming the narrative. Yeah. And so I think that was such a great idea that, one of the things that Washington Freemasons did was to create an ad campaign that was to get basically what Matt was talking about that to reclaim the narrative, to try to get the message out there about Masonry and in a non spooky manner, just to say, Hey, we're Masons here. And the be a Freemason.org website is a great website doing the same thing. The shrine and the Scottish Rite have gotten together and are putting this out there that, Hey, this is, who we are, what we are, and uh, at least in the United States, anyway, uh, that it's it's a a great message of reclamation for who Masons are and what we can be, and uh, to try to appeal to the younger crowd. But I, I think I'm mean, keep keep talking here. But I think that one of the things we're competing against. Steve talked about the population doubling or whatever in his area. It's happening everywhere, and so I think we're competing with busy schedules work schedules, family activities, other activities. There's uh, multiple organizations. I'm part of several. I'm a joiner. I'm part of several non-Masonic organizations. And we're all experiencing a little bit of a downward spiral on membership because of busy lives. And and also, I think there's a bit of uh, a lack of desire, I guess, for community involvement or, or participation or volunteerism in some cases, it's not as prominent as it used to be. But again, I think it really is the people are busy. They've got their schedules are full and lives are full. And so they can only do so much. I, I've often said that the best advertisement for masonry is some guy saying to the other guy after work, Hey, you know, you want to go get a beer after work. And the, the second guy saying, no, I've got lunch tonight. But there's there's two sides to that first of which is you have to be willing to say no i've got lodge tonight and but the other part of it is that the lodge has to be exciting enough that that guy wants to go to lodge instead of going to have a beer with his buddy or whatever he has to be excited enough and to show that excitement to his friend that he's willing to do it well you know it's it's interesting you know like back in the day of when back when I was 14 and I, we were looking at membership and how to grow a chapter. Um, one of the, I think it was Everett. Um, I think it was Everett, the Demolay chapter there or, or, or somewhere in that area, they flew um, glider planes. And, um, you know, so when they were running off after school and their friends were going, hey, where are you going? I'm going to build a plane, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> see ya. 
right? And, and where are you going? I'm going to fly a plane this weekend, right? You know, you go fly a plane. Yeah, I have my own plane, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it really strikes up conversations, right? And one of the things that um, I try to do when the <clears throat> opportunity arises, rather than, because you can't say to, uh, you, you know, you can't ask that question, but you can say, you know, you'd make a great Mason one day, right? You know, then if they say, well, what's it take to become one? Well, now, now he's asked the question, right? Um, but thinking about the right statements and having a um, uh, that 30-second elevator pitch down is really important for all Masons because there are so many missed opportunities um, like, like Matt says, you know, you know, I'm going to lodge and, you know, there's so many of these missed opportunities that we have because we're not prepared. Right. And I think our membership would do a lot better if we were all just prepared with the right phrases and, 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 uh, re, um, replies when people ask, right. You know, when guys talk about Freemasonry and the time it takes from their families, well, okay, now the guy's not as interested, right? But when a guy talks about the value he gets out of Freemasonry. Yep. And just to put in a quick plug, that chapter of DMLA is now a Henry M. Jackson chapter, of which my son is a member. So, Excellent. Are they still flying planes? Not that I'm aware of. No, that has not come up. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah, because, I mean, apparently back in the day, they... Um, they had split the membership and uh, they had or they got they grew so big so fast that they had to decide whether to uh, split the chapter or stop taking members right? and not i think they stopped taking members right <laughs> so yeah not currently a problem yeah but they're probably if they're not flying planes now that you know that might explain it too right <laughs> so do you, do you have the feeling of when new guys are coming in, do you f have a feeling, any sense of why uh, they're, why other guys aren't coming in? Uh, one of the things I seemingly, at least this has been the talk is that uh, they are looking for more. They're looking for the, es what we might call the esoteric side or the knowledge side of things. And because we're not providing that, they may come in and they may seem look great, but then they may go away. And of course we're have all these programs in place that accepts all that kind of stuff. But then, uh, so the idea is the topic of the show is why aren't we appealing to young men? So what other things do you think? Because do you think that they think, Oh, well, that's the stodgy lodge or it's a bunch of old guys. We don't, that's not where it is. Or I have a feeling that some of the new guys that are coming in are looking for that. And so there may be an upsurge in that. Well, I think that, uh, you know, when those that do know that the lodge exists in town and they see a bunch of old gray hair or white hair guys in tuxes going in, they, they're not so sure. Uh, and uh, because the public image is, is so buried, um, the, I, don't, I think it's just a lack of um, information. And I think that our... Um, uh, maybe our, if our Grand Lodge has embarked on more educational type uh, marketing campaigns, you know, of who we are, that kind of thing, um, that, that might help. Um, but I think in every area where there is a physical lodge, 
I think that it's it's really important for our lodges to be prominent in our communities. And I, and I don't know how we do it, uh, but to the younger generation, so they see us, you know, they're, they're downtown, they're, they're walking past our lodge, right? You know, so why, why aren't we? Well, uh, I don't know that we're not necessarily appealing to them because I know that there's a lot of younger guys that when they approach our lodge for membership, they are, they're straightforward. Um, I'm seeking knowledge. I'm seeking the history. I, I, I looked it up online. I found it fascinating. Right. Um, so, but they didn't know we were here. Right. And until they knew we were here, right. Like even our lodge hall being downtown, I've got nine candidates waiting to be initiated. Six of those candidates came from Google or Facebook and had no idea that our um, uh, lodge even existed until they started searching online for us. I actually going just a little bit back. I think part of also why um, going back to like our percent, like why people don't know where there is, you know, how we're always saying that the lodge was prominent in our communities. And I think the issue we need to do is we need to get out of the idea of the lodge and more about, well, I want, I'm going to be more prominent and, and other members, like, cause the, you're, you're never going to get a lodge to decide that it wants to, as a lodge to do enough as a lodge to improve its visibility. But if enough members in that lodge improve their visibility within the community and that community knows that they're Freemasons, then you get the benefit of the lodge being known in the community. And I think there's, I, I would agree with that. I think there's three components too. There's, the temple, which we're confusing with the lodge, there's the temple building, which needs to be nice. <laughs> so when the community does see it, they go, oh, that's the Masonic temple. That's a really neat building. Or the visitors come in for rentals, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And then when a new guy comes in, the temple is a nice place to be. That's an important factor. Secondly is the lodge, the, the lodge or the organization itself. Yes, they need to be potentially prominent in the community and aren't prominent in the community in many cases. We, we, our lodge has in the past been considered a community-involved lodge, but we've retracted from a lot of the things we have been doing in the past, and so I don't know that we can. But the third thing, and Jared, you hit it right on the head, is that we are the, the, we are the lodge. The members are the probably the most important uh, aspect of the visibility of who – and of course, the more members you have, the more opportunities you'll have for interaction. And there is a single building and a single lodge, but hopefully dozens or hundreds of members. So you can multiply the interactions by that. As well as we talked on our last show about social media, there's opportunity for good social media exposure. And does your lodge I don't want to, we're not really talking about solutions necessarily here on this show, but does your lodge have a good social media presence? Are people able to search and find your website for the lodge? Not just the temple. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, being right uh, out there more. And I've, uh, you know, these decals that I have, I've put on my car, I what put you, on my motorcycle, decals, emblems, decals, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I put it on my car. I, I didn't realize my... there was that much difference between the U.S. and Canadian description of a decal. Uh huh. Decal. <laughs> decal. Do Decal. We... Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I or, was or is it just my a, wife, or just an Okanagan thing? Maybe it's an Okanagan thing. No, yeah, it's no, Canadian. No, it, yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about. I was. I was wanting to order another uh, shirt from our uh, or a jacket from our Grand Lodge. Uh, uh, promotion that they had going on for 150 years, right? And she's my wife's like, how many more shirts do you need, right? How many more, you know, how does everything you have to, everything you wear or everything you have have to have a square and compass on it? I said, well, it doesn't have to, but it should. Why not? Right? And, and, and she says, why should it? I said, well, I'm proud to be a Freemason, right? If, yeah, if you're, I, proud, I, if you're proud to wear, yeah. you know, I want to never say, uh, Harley, we're, we're proud Harley owners. We'll get T-shirts and shirts and stuff that say Harley on them. Well, why wouldn't we want to have stuff that say Masonry on them? Exactly, right? You know, and some people go, "Oh, well, you don't want to do that because you know all the controversy out there." Hey, bring it on, man! You know, you want to bring on all your ideas and controversies, and and, and they say, "Oh, you guys run rule the world." Uh, I said, "Well, come to my meeting and tell me where we do that because I'm I'm missing out, then, right?" <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, it may not be a, a question of we don't appeal to them so much as they don't know that we're there. Um, and because I think that we appeal to the right people, they just need to know when and where to find us. One, one of the other things, and this is from my point of view, I mean, I joined 25 years ago. I actually, I joined the lodge six months after I got married. So I was newly married and newly joining a lodge. And my wife was iffy about me joining a lodge simply because, you know, the all men and I mean, even though she was, she's a past honored queen. But I, what threw me was that when the investigation committee came, they had to meet my wife in order to approve me joining a lodge. And I think and I mean, once we get new people coming in, I think we also need to maybe change some of our attitudes towards the relationships that people have with their significant others, that it may, it may throw them to have three old guys come into their house and ask their spouse or partner, are you okay with him joining this? Um, and I think that sometimes throws people off as well, because more like social values and everything have changed significantly in the last few decades. But the topic is really appealing to them. So before we even get to that stage of, of interviewing them, uh, the spouses and partners, are we appealing to them? Um, well, I would argue that that actually is part of the appealing to them because before they even send in an application or sorry, no, just after they've handed in an application, they get this committee of three old white, usually three old white guys coming to their house and sort of intruding on their personal life a little bit to make sure that it's, they have permission. And I know it's not exactly that way, but that, so it, it just, I've always felt that that was a bit, outdated in the way that we handle new members, that we should be more sensitive to their relationships and how that's going to interact with them being a Mason. And it really shows that Jared lives in this really small bubble 
where there's white guys because in Canada we have a very multicultural society and and you know for my investigation they came and they, there was a white guy there was a pastor there was an East Indian fellow right and who came to my house to interview my family right so you know you just got to live in bigger areas to get more than just the white guys out there. Um, I'm talking <laughs> Richmond, which, by the way, is still bigger than Kelowna. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Part, part of the problem, which I think we've all touched on here, is that we don't... Well, I, A, I agree your social social things have changed, and I, I, we should go back to that. But before we do, my point. <laughs> the, uh, we talk about um, we talk about making good men better. We're talking about, you know, going to the lodge and having this sacred space. We talk about a lot of aspects of masonry that sound awesome and powerful. And then the guy joins lodge and doesn't experience that at all. He does not, you know, how do I've gone to many a lodge meeting my own included, don't get me wrong when I was master who were afterwards, you could say, you know, so how did we make the men who attended this meeting better? And I would be hard pressed to come up with anything that we did to make good men better. And, and so, the, the, if we, once we lose that guy, then we lose all those, his, you know, nexus of friends or whatever that he could be saying that, that after work beer conversation with to say, you know, no, I'm going to lodge. Cause he's not going to go is so it's, I think it touches on, I think we've all said that in some form or another there. Yeah. So th is that maybe that's another significant factor in that all of the guys that have been turned off from masonry <laughs> are not only not talking about it, but maybe talking about it negatively and, and certainly aren't promoting it. Maybe that's, maybe that's an un, uh, unnoticed factor that we haven't ever really thought about. It's like that old shampoo commercial. And then they told two people and they told two people. And, and the negative news travels way faster than positive news. That could be, but, I, I, I don't know what else. Yeah. There, we could, we could talk for hours and we have about the next steps. And, and I'm, I'm excited to hear once you get back to lodge, Matt, in September, your answer, if it was, if it's better than it was when I left <laughs> after this pandemic, then, so I'm really excited to hear about your experiences as lodge begins to resume. But uh, we, yeah, we could talk about hours for hours about, lodge experience after the guy comes in but what are we doing or not doing i guess to try to appeal to the younger it doesn't even have to be younger guys although that's important but just new guys in general even if he's a little aged and we don't want the dotage guys necessarily uh i don't know if you have that in ritual or not but the really old guys <laughs> Uh, is there what? Are, what else can we do, or what else aren't we doing? Well, I think uh, just to go back to what Jared was saying, that the, the, and I, yeah, there's at least in my area, I'll phrase it that way. We are a relatively homogenous white community. In you know, if, if you threw a rock from my house, <laughs> there's a, a lot of white folks around here, and the lodge is like that, but turned up to eleven. Like there's, you know, very few people of color in any lodge in this area. I know of a few, but they're, they're certainly not common. And that reflects, I think, a, a conservatism by which I do not necessarily mean political. I mean, a, and 
very personal conservatism that a lot of Masons have. I mean, for the love of Pete in Washington, we have to have a 90% vote in order to change the ritual, right? That is a, a conservative institution. <laughs> and there's, you know, the willingness of the, of the institution to make some changes, have a Zoom meeting occasionally, have a, invite people in, you know, talk to the community, change up what we're doing, have a functioning website, God forbid, is a, is a. Respond the, to inquiries. Yes. Respond to inquiries in a prompt manner not have the secretary have to do it all. I'm um, sorry. Uh, but the, uh, the inability of the institution to change and being seen as a stodgy old white guys institution, I think is, is part of the problem too. And how do we do that? I don't know. Do we have PSAs with, you know, look, here's our token black guy. Uh, that's probably not the right answer either. I'm guessing. Well, I think just being open to, I like the idea of open houses. I mean, I know there's been a couple of guys in the past that have come into our lodge through an open house process where hey, there's a sign out front and it says open house Tuesday night at seven, come learn about masonry. And then that temple becomes the advertisement. And again, hopefully the temple is a nice thing. <laughs> and then hopefully the information you're providing at that open house is quality and maybe a little refreshment now that we can do that again. Uh, so, but maybe, uh, yeah. Would we say we look, look to the outer, aspects first is your temple building quality is it is it ready to receive new guys or is it what is it screaming 24 hours a day what is your temple building screaming 24 hours a day and then what are you as a member screaming 24 hours a day in your actions and your words and deeds and uh, well and one of the things that guys say often is that you know well we don't have big enough membership we need to get a bigger membership before we can do some of these things and whatnot and it's like you know what just start doing these things you know because uh if you don't you're not gonna have any membership forget about a big membership and um procrastinating doing these things is what's hurting um our progression right I think there's many things that we can do to appeal to the younger generations um, or, or, and, and like David said, it doesn't have to be the younger generations, uh, appeal to the mo membership of our communities um, and let them know that we're there. I think there's lots we can do, but uh, a good start would be those, those evenings, uh, open house evenings or, or even a Saturday afternoon or uh, a Saturday or Sunday doing a pancake breakfast open house thing where it's a coffee and, and uh, pancakes and, and uh, questions about the lodge. I think pancake mix is in the part as decipher. If you can decipher the code, it actually is a pancake mix. <laughs> Going back to what Stephen was saying, I actually don't, I don't think it's procrastination. I think it's apathy. I think the problem that we run into is that we have to be willing to put ourselves out there and be prepared to answer the questions quickly and easily when people come up with why not to join. I don't have time. There's always, I had, I had one of my favorite lines is you always make time for things that are important to you. You know, I would, I've read, I read an author once who says that his least favorite words is I don't have time, which is really code for, I don't want to. And yeah, my, my typical response when somebody says, I don't have time for that right. or anything else, join another thing. Yeah, I didn't before I joined either. Yeah. 
you find time for the things you want to do. But yeah, just uh, uh, we as Masons need to be willing to, I don't want to use the word push back, but when someone says to us, oh, don't you guys control the world or, you know, you're an evil organization that has, you know, done all these. And I'm like, but that's misinformation. This is what we really do. This is, you know, come out, this is how we help, you know, do I, you know, me, am I a bad person? So yeah, it's, it, we need to be, we need to be willing to show that we're Freemasons and we need to be willing to take a little bit of abuse to dissuade people that it's a bad thing to be. Yep. I, I cannot agree more. Apathy is definitely a, a, I think that feeds into all the problems that we've just listed. Every, every single thing that we just talked about. And on that apathetic note, uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the working tools podcast. I'd like to say again, we do have a Facebook page and we're always looking for new podcast t- episode topic ideas. So if you have some out there, please go over to our uh, Facebook page, just search for the working tools podcast and it'll crop up. Um, Cause we're, you know, as much as we like to hear ourselves talk, hearing ourselves talk about something that somebody actually cares about is e- even more exciting. So on that, on that note uh, for on behalf of Stephen and Jared and David and myself, thank you all for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again on the working tools podcast. Good night. Good night.